And I'm hungry like the wolf. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of Matt and Todd Go to the Movies, Half Quarantine Edition. The podcast where Matt and Todd watch a movie from the top 100 Netflix list, and then we talk about it, share our feelings, our hopes, and our dreams, uh, and then you get to listen to it, and hopefully it perks up your day. I am Todd Dober. And I'm Matt Malloy, and yes, we're only half quarantined because we are in the backyard studios of the Malloy Estates, and uh, we are enjoying some social distance recording on my deck. And uh, we are excited to talk about a new movie, not a new movie, but an old movie, uh, called Silence of the Lambs. I can't do it. <laughs> I don't know how he does that. He does it with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. 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 Well, uh, add this movie to the growing list of movies that I thought I'd seen before and have never seen. Oh, really? Yes. Ah. This is my first time viewing the old Silence of the Lambs movie. So... I mean, obviously I knew what the plot was and I knew the story and all that just from existing in this world, but it was uh, quite a surprise as I was going through. I was like, nope, I've actually never seen this movie. (laughs) So, which it's my wife's favorite movie. So, Are you serious? Yes. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's true. That's cool. You have to pardon that plane. It's our new sponsor. Yeah. Whatever airline's flying above us right now. It's probably Southwest. Southwest. So, yes, yeah, Silence of the Lambs, uh, 1991. Uh, it won the Big Five Oscars. It's one of only three films to ever do this. So what's that? Director? Director. Actor? Uh, best actor, yes. Best supporting? Is that uh, no? What's nope. the best five? You probably know. I don't know. Here it's uh, best screenplay. Okay. Best director. Okay. Best picture. Okay. Best actor, and best actress. Okay. So those so are I the guess big five. That's Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. So if I guess I don't think you know the answer to this question, but. If the main, if the main actor, actress in a movie is one or the other, does that mean that the other person who has a smaller role that would be considered supporting role can be nominated for best of that category instead of best supporting? Because I always considered that Jodie Foster's the star of this movie and Anthony Hopkins was the lesser character even though it was a big, bolder character that everyone knows. What's the supporting character in this, in this movie? No, you can have a best actor and a best actress, obviously, in the same movie. I guess that's true. And then you could also have best supporting actor and actresses in the same movie, too. That's true. I don't know how they make the distinction. Like, what's the cutoff when you're a supporting actor instead of yeah. a best actor? Because if we're talking just in screen time, like, I mean, there's an okay amount of... Anthony Hopkins in this movie, but yeah. it's not like he gets a ton of screen time. True. Anyway, if you know those answers, you can feel free to Facebook us about them. Right. So, 
The other two movies, if you're interested, that also won the big five oh, I am. are One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, okay. 1973, and 1938's It Happened One Night. Wait, so who, I don't think you know this, you know this either, but who in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, who, who was the best actress in that? I don't even know. I think it's the nurse. Okay. Wait, I can tell you. I have it right here. I think I can tell you. I guess you. it would have to be the nurse. I've only seen that movie once and it was a long time ago. Best actress, Louise Fletcher. Yeah. Louise Fletcher. Nurse Ratchet? Was that her name? I think so. Okay. All right. Anyway, Matt, sorry for taking us on tangents. That's what, okay. What is this movie about, Matt? So this movie is about um, a serial killer who's in prison called Hannibal Lecter. And a young uh, FBI trainee, I guess, played by Jodie Foster. And uh, basically, one of the teachers at the FBI Academy is trying to work up a profile on Hannibal Lecter. And he can't get much kind of response or traction. Hannibal Lecter has kind of just refused to answer his questionnaire or survey or whatever. So he goes off on a whim and decides to send someone who is not graduated or an FBI agent yet into uh, meet with this guy. The lion's den, basically. Yes. yes. And so he's the. Um, Hannibal Lecter is like a psycho former psychologist who then transitioned into killing people and eating them. So, um, so she goes in and that starts to set up this kind of relationship between um, Clarice Starling and Hannibal Lecter. And uh, at some point, there's another serial killer who comes into play who Hannibal Lecter ends up knowing something about and is able to help with the case. Um, and, and, uh, eventually apprehending this uh, other serial killer. Yes. Or at least making him not kill anyone else. Yes. So that's the movie in a nutshell. Um, you've probably seen it before even though I hadn't. <laughs> and uh, all of our viewers, prob listeners probably have, have seen it before too. But Who knows? Maybe they haven't and they're relying on your review. Maybe. To guide them in. Yeah. They've just been waiting for it. Well. We'll have to see how we rate it, see if it's worth your time. But, Todd, what did you think of this film? I think this movie definitely falls into the category of movies that I was, like, scared to watch again because I'm like, maybe this will not hold up as where it's been in my mind. Like, I mean, it, I admittedly have not seen this movie in probably 15 to 20 years. Like, And when I saw it, I was not... Not too old, I don't think, so definitely scared the crap out of me. Um, and I thought this movie is still really, really good. It is like a exquisitely well-written movie. Like, it's just so... To me, it's tight in its dialogue. And it, it, it's tight in its... It, it's tight in everything it does. Like, there are scenes where you think, like the time could potentially be wasted and it's not. Everything serves a purpose with this movie and everything guides the story and stuff like that. Even like even just like when 
Clarice is first meeting Hannibal and she's walking down this hallway incredibly slowly because she's scared and stuff like that and it's just like it's kind of like a long scene and it's like I just feel like if it was any other movie you'd be like alright hurry up get down this hallway but for this movie it's like everything she sees everything that happens to her in that hallway plays a part in the movie it'll get brought up later or talked about and it's a really smart movie I think um, I would I don't know how this stacks up to the book like I'm haven't been down that road. We, we all know I'm not much of a reader, so. Um, but it's just, it's really good. It's got incredible performances, I think, even um, with like people who are just, uh, I, like, I don't know if I want to say no name. I just don't know them. Like the, uh, the woman who gets kidnapped by Buffalo Bill, who's like kind of like the, who they're all after to save and stuff like that. I thought she did a pretty, I've never seen her in anything else, I don't think, that I thought she did a pretty pretty good job of just being scared, and it made me scared for her through most of the movie. Uh, the guy who plays Buffalo Bill, who uh, is just deliciously creepy, like, and he just <laughs> is so good. Um, and uh, I always, it's always funny to me because he was the, he later became the police chief on Monk, and it's just, like, it's just, he's just one of those guys that when you see him, he's just got those voices, he's got that voice, and it takes you back to Hannibal, and all his weird, weird lines right. in this movie. Um, the guy who's the kind of FBI uh, lieutenant or something, who picks Clarice, is, uh, I remember him from Urban Cowboy, I don't know why that's the one I remember him from, but he's the guy who kicks the crap out of John Travolta in that movie. Uh, he does a really great job, and then obviously you have Jodie Foster and and uh, Anthony, Sir Anthony Hopkins, who just both play their roles incredibly well. Like, there's just not many negatives I can point out about this movie, even for like a psychological thriller where things are not fast at times. To me, I was never bored, or I wasn't like, let's get to the next scene, or there wasn't like a scene I knew that was coming in the movie that I just want to get to, or something like that. I was just enthralled. I never even picked up my phone to like play a game or something, which is sometimes a hint of how into the movie I am. I just was, I was into it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I can, there's, there's a lot of great things to say about this movie. So it's just still holds up if you haven't seen it, even if you're not like, a, I mean, it's, it's gruesome at times and it's definitely a psychological thriller, so even if those are not, you don't feel comfortable in those, this is still a movie that I would even recommend. Unless you're 100% like, I can't take that, because it's just that good. It's a credit to writing, it's a credit to acting, it's a credit to filmmaking, I think. So, yeah. So many memorable parts from this movie that stuck out to me and will forever live in my mind, even if I don't want them to. Matt? First time viewer? First time viewer. Well, like I said, I, I had a pretty good idea of where the plot was going, um, but uh, all the details were new to me and fresh. So uh, I would echo pretty much everything you said. I mean, this is a really good movie, and it, it doesn't, it's not tarnished by the, the, uh, the uh, hands of time sweeping on. It is still, still good, still relevant. Um, the performances are great. Um, the story is great. I guess 
if I have to pick any knit, it would be maybe that, like, Jodie Foster's character figures things out, like, so easily. Yeah. As far as, like, what others, and we've seen this before in movies, you know, the, the young, uh, upcoming, super talented, uh, whatever, is is going to figure things out quickly, but I thought that was that was pretty much one of the most unrealistic parts. Like, isn't the but, first clue he gives her like an anagram or something, and she just like is like, boom, that was an anagram, but like, right. it, like takes her on this journey. And I was like, how? like I agree with you. I was like, how did we get here? I mean, I didn't care that much because right. I was enjoying the ride, but you are right. right. It's like she's given a little, definitely to start with. She's given a little, and she gets a lot from it. Yes. Yes, for sure. But that's really of a minor concern. And, you know, if you like superhero movies at all, you're, you're, already, you're already fine with this type of, of sure. like, super skill uh, person coming into play. But anyway, yeah, I have nothing else bad to say about it, really. It's, uh, there was some negativity I guess at the time from the LGBTQ community about one of the characters is um, maybe bisexual maybe a transvestite maybe something else and how that was treated some people didn't like but I don't know yeah I don't really I mean it's not my struggle so I can't really comment on if you're if this like truly irked you or not, but I don't think this necessarily paints transsexuals in any kind of way. It paints people who are kind of psycho in a way. Right. You can you can be psycho and go all over the spectrum or that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think I think the the criticism maybe was that oh, there's something wrong because the guy's transsexual. No, the guy's transsexual and there's something wrong. Yeah, I don't think they ever make that conclusion no. in the movie that they blame that he wants to be a woman, like, at all. They right. They blame his upbringing and, and the abuse that he, like... Uh, not that that is what makes him want to be a woman, but they attribute that to why he is kind of went off the deep end. Yeah. Almost so. just being a woman is, is just a secondary factor, like, yeah, I agree with that. So, so yeah, I really liked it for a first-time viewing. Uh, definitely recommend for a more than first-time viewing. Also recommend go watch this movie again if you haven't seen it in a while. Nice. Um, so, Matt, how many uh, screaming sheep would you give this movie? From zero to five, screaming sheep. Screaming lambs. Screaming lambs. Yes. yes. Thank you. Um, so, zero to five, screaming lambs, which does play a role in the movie. Yes. Um, as you know, if you've seen this movie, I, I'm going to go pretty high on this one. I think there's not much wrong with the movie at all, and I think the... The strong parts are really strong. So I'm going to go 4.7 Screaming Lambs. Nice. Um, yeah, I think I was pretty much right about there, too. Um, 
I, I, my gut first reaction was a 4.7, and I was trying to talk myself up to a 4.8, but I'm just going to stick with my gut because that's what we do here. Um, that's right. 4.7, I mean, I don't know. There's always a chance that someone will watch this movie and not enjoy it and be like, you know, this was a waste of my time. I, that have, that could be with any movie. I just kind of strongly doubt it. <laughs> like, yeah. I, it's just it's just that good, and it's just... It's not just good because it's a thriller story that, like, you are kind of captivated in. It's just that good because everything is just really well done. Like, yeah. There are some movies that, like, came out, and at the time, it was, like, a thriller or whatever, and then you go back now, and you're like, eh, like, something like Seven. Like, if you watch now, or when I watch it now, I'm like, you know, like, I still am into the thriller of this but it, it just doesn't hold up as much it's like not as finely tuned but this movie stands the test of time to me very yeah. much yeah I feel like the only reason you would watch the movie and not like it is maybe it's a little bit too gory for you yeah or it's too suspenseful like you just can't handle suspense yeah it, <laughs> a one weird fact that came out of it for me most of the time I was watching this movie, I was like, man, how did the FBI get, how did police FBI get anything done before cell phones and internet and stuff like that? Like, right. there's several times in the movie where a character needs to just call someone, needs to just talk to someone, and it is an ordeal to do that. Right. And I just, those times are so far gone that I just cannot relate to that. I'm like, man, it must have stunk to be a detective back then trying to figure this stuff out. When you had to reach payphones and stuff. Absolutely. There's one scene in particular where she's on a phone and she's calling and she's talking to the other FBI guy who's on a plane, like <laughs> sitting at this giant switchboard, and somehow they've connected. Like, uh, okay. But man, yeah. Well, Matt, do you think we should let him in on our maybe exciting, possibly exciting news of what's coming up? Oh yeah. So. Um, we have the potential for the first time in, gosh, almost six months of seeing a first-run movie, a new movie that's never been released at the theater. Now, the theater's the drive-in. We've been to the drive-in before, but they are showing for the first time this week uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music, which is the third Bill and Ted music uh, movie <laughs> that's just coming out now with grown-up Bill and Ted, um, played by Bill, what's his name? And, Winters? Yeah. yeah. And, and that other guy is not that famous. Yeah. <laughs> so our plan is to do that on Sunday night, and, and we'll record a podcast about that, of course. But it'll be, it'll be interesting and fun to actually see something that's yeah. not just on Netflix and at a movie theater. I mean, I so. have enjoyed some of the older movies that we've watched. Oh, for sure. But this will be... This has been a long time coming. I've seen yes. a movie that I have not seen, and I want to see it. Some of the movies that I have not seen that we have to watch, I <laughs> <laughs> regret watching, and I don't think that's going to happen with this one. Right, right. So, so, so look forward to that. Um, that's going to wrap up this episode of Matt and Todd Go to the Movies, where we watched... Silence, the silence of the lambs, um, and we both really liked it. In fact, we gave it a combined rating of 4.7 uh, screaming lambs out of five, which is an exceptional rating. Pretty good. Yeah. I don't. I think maybe there's only one other movie that might rate higher. Yeah, which would be Parasite. I think. Yep. 
So thank you for listening and keep on listening. We'll keep on making these podcasts. Da 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 da